Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm trying to get ahead so Friday night and I'm trying to just get myself into a groove because I've got an even bigger football pitch to mark out tomorrow which I'm really actually kind of looking forward to. Um, It's an opportunity to use a little bit more uh, Pythag um, but it's also one of my happy tasks. So uh, as much as I will tell the world uh, and anybody that will listen tomorrow that I will have spent two or three hours marking out a new football pitch, I will secretly kind of enjoy it. Anyway, let's crack on with a little bit of that twangy guitar. Monday. I've about got to the end of my tether, really, with this government, actually. It's, it's, I mean, look, no surprises there. You've listened to enough of these. You know exactly that it's going to be one of those weeks where I'm going to bang on about the appalling state of this. I mean, let's face it, it's the worst government of my lifetime. It's got to be the worst government of most people's lifetimes. I, 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 I would argue it's even close, and I don't remember that 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 whole mid to late seventies thing, winter of discontent, all those kind of things. But we must be into that kind of territory now. It's certainly, without a shadow of a doubt, the most unpublic service like government. I mean, you could go back to the to the seventies and go, well, they were just the wrong ideas and we'd got to the end of that whole industrial relations thing and this, that and the other. But the fact of the matter is that this current crop, they're just devoid and they're populist and it's just all it's just all horrible. It's horrible and it's not what it should be. And, to, and and if any one of them utters the phrase public service, I think I might scream. But what's, what's started it off and what started it off today is the fact that um, I've watched the first couple of episodes of State of Chaos, the Laura Koonsberg documentary um, about the last sort of, however many years i mean it it covers theresa may it covers everything towards the well it covers everything post-referendum really um and it's if you've read any of the tim shipman books or if you've read any of the stuff that's that's been floating around um then there's nothing in it that's particularly new there's nothing that's there aren't a lot of revelations in there as far as i can tell there's nothing that i didn't really know uh, about but it's just when you watch it all again having gone through it in real time and you now realize that you're watching you watched it as a slow car crash and then you watch it again and it's no less of a I mean it's actually more shocking second time round than than the than the point when we went through it first time round. So that's kind of that's kind of set me up really for the week. So a lot of what's going to flow in through the course of of the next sort of 15 20 minutes is is actually because you watch that again from I mean as bad as it is now I guess um it's relatively quiet compared with with where we were because that really was changing on a daily basis. That doesn't mean that what we've got now isn't morally and intellectually and bankrupt because it absolutely is. But when you when we look back at, at that, um, but then we haven't got to list trust yet. So I mean, I mean, and that and that was just a crazy period. So 
I guess if you've not watched State of Cares, if you can get the iPlayer and you get a chance to watch State of Cares, watch it. I, I'm not going to tell you it's the best piece of documentary making that the, there's ever been. I think we've had plenty of, of of things similar to that that have been that have been um, equally as good. Um, I don't, I haven't totally made my mind up about Coonsberg. If I'm being perfectly honest, I I, I flip flop around uh, with her, um, but it, it's there's a, there's just two or three bits where you just put your head in your hands when you recall what we actually have been through as part of this ridiculous roller coaster 13 year tory you know yeah bleh. tuesday i went to leicester today um for a business thing and um, ended up, I went on the train and uh, I met a colleague there and we walked back to the railway station together and her train uh, left um, sort of 20 minutes before mine. Um, so I'd got 20 minutes to kill and I was uh, I was on the phone for part of it. And I, walk, I was doing that thing that I do when I'm on the phone. So I often walk around when I'm, I'm talking, uh, having phone calls sort of in public. And I was uh, talking away. And I walked past a guy um, who was outside the station who was uh, asking people if they could, they could help him. And he'd got something written on a card, which I didn't actually read. Um, and I went past him a couple of times when I was on the phone. And as I finished my phone call, he was, uh, I was outside and he, he, he said, um, can you, you know, can you, spare me some some cash some change and i i i said i'm really sorry i don't i don't carry any cash which i which i don't i mean it's been a post pandemic thing that i i very rarely have any kind of cash on me i can't remember aside from the fact that less and less places are taking it i just don't seem to yeah i might have a tenner in my wallet at times and then sometimes i go out without money in my wallet and it and it doesn't bother me in a way that you know pre pandemic i would always make sure i'd got you know, a bit of cash on me. I don't. I don't worry about it now. In fact, often, you know, often I go out without my wallet at all, just because I can. My card details are on my phone and they're on my watch, and I can do it that way around. And and I said, well, look, I, you know, I'm happy to get you a, a a bit of something to eat or get you a get you a drink or something. Um, you know, because I, you know, I've, I've got my card. And uh, and and he said, do you know what? I've had about. 10 drinks today and he pointed to the coffee stand um just just behind him an independent coffee stand and he said um you know and these things are three and 350 a go and he said you know so that's like 35 quid and and actually it's it's 20 pound more than i need and i said i said oh you know explain tell me tell me the situation and he said and he, he talked to me about how he was trying to get back on his feet and he got applications in for, you know, for for some some form of um, supported housing through the council. And he said, but it's getting, it's getting cold in the evenings and uh, I'm not struggling to get food, but it's getting cold in the evenings. And if I can, if I can cobble together seven pound odd or whatever it was, he said, there's a night bus that does a loop and a circuit. And he said, I can just sleep on the night bus. And I just go round and round and, and and do that, but I'm warm and I'm and I'm I'm safe. And I um I went I went to I went inside and as I walked back inside, having 
chatted to him. Um, I didn't realise it was cash point inside the railway station, so I drew him out of tenor and just went went back and said, "Look, will this will this cover you?" And he said, "Yeah, that's that's great," and 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 thanked me profusely. And um, and I said, "You know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I, I can't do any more." And and he said, "No, it's it's not that people don't want to help. It's just that it's it's the system that seems to be working working against me." And I. I don't, as a rule, do things like that. Not because I don't feel that sense of compassion, just because um, you know it. You don't know where the cash is going to go, and and I, I for whatever reason, I, I just, I just knew. I just knew that this. He, he just needed a bit of help on that day, and um, and it, and I really hope he, he 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 makes some progress with what he's trying to achieve because he's. He clearly knows that he wants to. He's got a path that he wants to follow for his life. Whereas some people that you see, you know, probably just can't cope with life. So actually, there's some comfort in not having any of that. But this this guy wasn't looking for that. This guy was looking for looking for a a way back. Uh, and I felt I felt very humbled. I hope he's okay. He was a really nice. He was a really nice chap. <laughs> Wednesday. After a bonkers leak and a bonkers late night statement, um, Rishi today um, m- m- made that ridiculous speech as he threw as he threw away um, the the pledges that had been made with regard to uh, net zero and for, for all they say that they haven't they the the watering down today. Um, of the promises that were made, the promises that were in the manifesto, and then the sheer—I mean, everything, everything associated with with today is wrong. Everything from the fact that um, PMQs was cancelled, um, and he because he'd actually put Parliament on recess because of the party conference season. Nothing particularly unusual in that, but then to make a, a speech around around that to capitulate to the 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 climate denial section of the party or the fossil fuel section of the party to capitulate there on the back of the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago where or maybe last week where they made such a hash of the of the offshore wind um process and got no applications for people to 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 be building renewables we've then got the spectacle today of rowing back on all the things that we should be doing because of whatever noise is coming from from donors and and what have you within the party and the fact that there was no questioning of it because there was no pmqs but we then had the ridiculous situation of of it being you know him him presenting it from downing street but presenting it with what looks like campaigning literature and campaigning slogans so it 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 was it was so close to being um you know funded um campaigning which is a ministerial code uh, breach um it it's so disappointing and there was very little there was very little that Boris did that was right but one of the things he actually did do that was right was to take a little bit of this takes 
some some of the climate policy and actually make it turn it into something that was real that was that was going to that was going to happen and yet because we have a sniff via that by-election of ULEZ being un- unpopular uh, and by the way, ULEZ is not the it's not the wrong policy. It's the right policy because it's not just climate. It's about it's a it's it's about air. It's about decent, clean air. And you know, it might be the wrong time in terms of what's going on with financial headwinds and cost of living and this, that, and the other. But don't kick out the right policies just because things are tough. Sort out the things that are tough. Find ways of sorting those things out because the policies we need for the next 30, 40, 50, however many years have to go into place now. And just because there's a sniff, just because they managed to hold on to Boris's constituency on the back of a single issue ULES thing, that's a point in time. Don't don't kick the rest out because you think this is the route to win a general election that you absolutely don't deserve to win. It really, 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 it's, it's a dark day. It's a dark day, and it's a dark day that when you get the the motor industry coming out and saying what a disaster this is because so much money is being invested in changing the infrastructure and changing um, what's available so it's better for the planet. It, I, I don't know where to start with this, um, but we got we got Rishi's true colours today. Um and 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 they're ugly. They really are ugly. Thursday. I'm going to lighten for a second before I rant again. Um, you kind of knew this week was coming. I've not had one of these for a while, and it's just all built up this week. But I'm going to lighten it before we get there because there have been things this week that have made me smile, and there have been things that have. Um, have, 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 have broken this. It hasn't been... I've not had a furrowed brow all week. And one of the things... Um, and, and I'm getting quite addicted to this now, actually, if I'm being honest. But for some reason, and I can only assume that that my tech is listening to things I'm saying or watching me and therefore curating my, curating my social media feed, but I am getting on Instagram um, these... PowerPoint hacks for doing interesting PowerPoint slides. And you might think that is the single most dull thing on the planet. Um, And you might well be right. You might well be right. But I am transfixed by these PowerPoint hacks. And I've followed... I followed whoever this person is, and I, and I and I don't know any. I can't even tell you the name. I have to see if I can find it to put it in the notes. But they are inspired. They are really creative, and they're really clever. And the idea of doing really and I don't do many PowerPoint presentations, um, but I have been slightly PowerPoint obsessed in the, in the past um, because I'd like to do that. I don't, have you ever seen? It's one of the Dan Brown. Might be the first um, um, Dan Brown. It might be Da Vinci Code. There's one where he does a, pre- a presentation on symbolism, and he does this presentation with these whizzing graphics on this screen, and he just talks over it as things are going on, and it's really, really cool, really, really cool. And I want to be that cool professor that does that kind of inspired talk with a really great PowerPoint going on in the background, not just something that's a picture and some bullet point text, or even worse just some bullet point text so when i see somebody doing interesting powerpoint things i'm really kind of addicted and i've i i have i have been i'm and of course you know you know the drill you click on something in in like that in instagram and you watch it and then you're presented with more of it And, and i can't get enough at the moment of these of these kind of 
PowerPoint hints and 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 tips. Um, and I don't know what that says about me necessarily, um, but it is just it's it's just fantastic. <laughs> Friday. Okay, so let's finish let's finish with a bit more of the whole politics nonsense and I'll throw I'll throw something out there and, and this this is the this is the bit that frustrates. So we had we when when Rishi pulled back from all his climate pledges, he did it on the back of a load of absolute nonsense around multiple bins and meat taxes and all manner of things which were never things in the first place. But they're building up something. They're building up an idea around climate to make you mad so that pulling back from those things are seen like the common sense thing to do. So it's okay if the planet burns, provided you don't have seven bins. The real danger in your life is is seven bins. And, and to have Braverman on the radio in the middle of the week saying we're on the sides of hard-working families we're on the you know it's it's about cost we're not going to bankrupt the country we're not going to bankrupt the country to effectively save the planet well straight away unpack that if you like but where were you 18 months ago two years ago when inflation's been ravaging and this that and the other where have you been you've never once talked about being on the side of hard-working families and practically doing anything about it but when it when it supports this then that's what you're there for so we've got this this ridiculous idea of a construct of things that were never ever real that suddenly we're being saved from rishi is saving us from seven bins as if seven bins was ever a thing you know and and so you get that you get that kind of let's make up something so we can then in, 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 you know, in your name, tear it down and save you from this ridiculousness, which is really just, which is really bendy or straight bananas, if we're being honest. We're back to straight bananas and whatever, orange carrots or whatever it was that the EU was doing that was terrible. And, and, we, and we're back to, to, to all that kind of stuff again. But then the flip, the flip of that is we get this furore this week about about something that Keir Starmer said about essentially wanting to work more closely with Europe. And suddenly that's a rollback of the democratic process. That's a betrayal of the Brexit freedoms and this, that and the other. When actually in reality, all he's stating is exactly what is the policy at the moment. We haven't diverged from the EU. And the reason we haven't diverged from the EU is because we still want to trade with them. So at the end of the day, we diverge too far from the EU on so many things we don't cooperate with them it's as simple as that we don't trade with them it's as simple. we're not diverging that's the point we haven't diverged we continue to to run parallel to them we just don't tell anybody because at the end of the day if we did go off in a di- different direction British firms would be jumping up and down about the fact that it's really impossible to do any kind of business with them so shock horror we haven't diverged, and all Keir Starmer's saying is exactly that, which is if they're your closest trading partner, if they're the people you're doing the bulk of your business with, it makes sense to align with them, whether you're in the EU or not. That's not taking us back into the EU. That's just common sense. 
And this is where we are at. This is what 2023 is all about. This is what the next 18 months or year is going to be about. It's going to be about picking holes in statements like that and turning them into something they never were. Or taking something like seven bins and making it something that Rishi comes along and actually puts in its place because it's absolute bureaucratic nonsense when it was never a thing in the first place. So you can kind of understand why I've got to the end of this week and I'm just literally at that point. I can't, you know, some weeks I look at it and go, oh, it's just nonsense, leave it, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it. And then other weeks like this week, I just go, no, no, please stop this. Can you just treat us as decent, sensible, intelligent human beings and just stop playing this ridiculous Trumpian game? I do feel better for that, though, if I'm being honest. There are reasons why this podcast is called what it's called. Um, because I can go away now and have a glass of wine and watch The Big Bang Theory and not give that any more thought because, to a certain extent, I have I've let it go. I've let it go. Have a pleasant weekend. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I hope you enjoy everything that comes along over the next couple of days. Um, and I will talk to you next time. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.